Good morning. Merry Christmas. Again. It's a joy to be here this morning and to be able to share. I really call it an honor to share the Word of God for Pastor Benny to ask me to do this. And I was thinking as they were talking about taking all those books yesterday by themselves and filling that in. You guys are great, I'll tell you. We are blessed to have lead pastors come in on that day all that time. So, yeah, they believe in prayer, believe in fasting. We're going to see great things happen in the next year. Amen? That's right. Believe it. As I was sitting back there, sometimes God gives me a picture of what he wants to do in the spirit. And I saw, uh, real quick, I saw like a person wrapped up in a chain. And it was, it was like a boa constrictor chain around them. It was constricting them. They were being bound, and they couldn't get free. They tried to break it, but they couldn't. But then I saw a sword. I saw a sword that was on fire, and I saw it whew, go right through the chain and break it off just like that. And so I think there might be somebody here this morning, and I'm going to pray for you right now before we go along. I believe God wants to break something off your mind. He wants to break something off your body. He wants to bring, break something off your soul. He wants that sword of the Spirit to come right through you and break that off and set you free. You know, when Jesus ministered, something, some, ministered to people, something happened. When the leper came, boom, he was healed. The widow at Nain, her son was dead, and Jesus said to him, I say to you, get up. And the guy got up. Let me pray for you right now. Father, I pray for those right now. They feel like maybe they're bound in something, a habit, depression, fear, anxiety, whatever, Lord. There's so many things. I pray right now, let the sword of the Spirit, the Spirit right now, come and break that off of them. In the name of Jesus, I say the sword of hope breaks that off in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Small bottle, short sermon. Don't believe it. <laughs> it's, a, it's 11 o'clock service, and so we can just, there's no end, right? Now, don't worry, you know me, I don't preach too long. But I call it an honor to preach here, serve alongside. We have a great staff of people here, I'll tell you. If you've been to other churches, I've served in other churches. I pastored in New Jersey and then New York, or New York and New Jersey. Friends, we are blessed. Amen. Amen. Got great staff, great pastors, great uh, ministry staff, and uh, yeah, we're just blessed. Uh, the Lord gave me kind of two words as I was preparing for this service, and the two words were airdrop. And if you're familiar with that term, you know if you have an iPhone or a laptop and you want to send a file, you want to send a document, uh, information to a person, and they're within proximity of you, all you do is push the button and poop, it drops it right in. This morning, I believe God wants to airdrop something into your spirit. He wants to give you something that's going to see you through the next coming year. And so as I'm preaching, I want you to be listening to the Holy Spirit. I want you to be listening maybe for just one thing that he's going to drop into your heart, that you will have an expectation that not me, but the Spirit of God is going to drop something into your heart, and you're going to take it with you, and it's going to do something in your life. To begin, I want to, I want to ask you a question, it's kind of a thought-provoking question, and, and it's this. What do you want to be remembered for? But before I give you that chance to answer, I want to show a clip of what other people have said they want to be remembered for. What do you want to be remembered for? I want to 
people that say that I look pretty. I'm a nice person. Well, I don't want to brag that they think I'm famous, but I do want them to think that I'm their friend. A very famous person. Like the richest person in the world. A good friend and sister and daughter. The next David Copperfield. As someone who changed the world or someone who made a big difference in a big way. Uh, someone who breaks out of the mold, who's the first at being something. I want to change the world. I would like to break down barriers for women. I don't really care. Somebody that brought a smile to other people's faces when I was alive. I think that's so important when you meet someone in a brightlands your day. I, I like that. I'd like to be remembered as someone who completely altered the course of history. Writing powerful songs. A hard worker. Someone who cares about people and enjoys life. Probably that I just made an impact on the people that were, was, were close to me. I would like to be remembered as fun and quirky and curious. What do you want to be remembered for? You know, sometimes we always think of that in reference to after a, pa a person dies. But, but what about if you leave a school or you leave a community or leave a job uh, or you move across the country and you're leaving a church? What do you want people to remember you for? If there was a sentence that your life could be put into, what would it be? Uh, this morning we're looking at the fourth song of the songs, the original songs of Christmas. And um, we're going to look at the story about the song, and then we're going to look at the song and the person who wrote the song or, or spoke the song or prayed the song. Um, you know, a song and a story, and the story writer or the songwriter can't be separated. When we know the backstory behind the song and why it was written and who wrote it, it kind of gives a deeper dimension. It's sort of like uh, between black and white and color. And sort of like uh, if you've heard the song, I Can Only Imagine, right? If you've seen the movie, if you've heard the backstory about Bart Miller, who wrote it, and his relationship with his father, it makes all the difference in the world. The meaning just comes through. And so this morning, we're going to look at the story behind the song and the writer of the song. And we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, there'll be nothing on the screen for you to look at. Because this morning, I just want you to utilize two things that you have Sometimes we underutilize, and that is our listening and our imagination. And as the scriptures are read in just a moment, I want you to imagine what's being read. I want you to see it. I want you to hear it and let it come into your spirit. So Luke chapter 22, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 25 to 32, we're going to have that read right now. Listen as it's read. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed, and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, 
according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Verse 25, there are four powerful attributes that describe this man, Simeon. And today that would be like a, a very brief obituary in the Frederick Post. This is what it told him. Or uh, the uh, eulogy at his funeral. This one sentence, verse 25, it has four things in it that describe the man who wrote the song we're going to look at today. One word popped out into my mind that has never popped out before in verse 25. It's a word that's repeated. And it didn't have to be repeated, but I think the Holy Spirit wanted it to be repeated. Luke could have chosen a personal pronoun, but he said the same word. And this is it. Amen. This man. You'll notice there's something missing from that. And that's a title. It doesn't say a prophet. It doesn't say a priest. It doesn't say a doctor or a lawyer or a Pharisee or, or whatever would have a title back then. Untitled. And I think what this shows us is God can use common people, untitled people, to do uncommon things. He can use ordinary people. And you say, Wes, who's that? Look in the mirror. We're all ordinary, right? I mean, we might think we're special, and we are, but you know what? We're all special in God's sight. Yeah. So never diminish the greatness you have by looking at your commonness, because that's what God flows through. Yeah. You are a candidate for God to use you. Four things that he says in verse 25. First of all, he says that he was righteous. That word righteous means he was right before God. He had a right standing before God. Secondly, it says he was devout. It means he had a good reputation. He was committed to the Lord. And let me say this. If we are righteous inside, it should show outside. If something's happening inside of us, if we have a right relationship with God, it's going to show out of our life what he's doing in our life. And then third, it says he was waiting, my Bible says, for the consolation of Israel. The word consolation there is restoration. What was he looking for? He was looking for the Messiah to come. He was looking for the Messiah to come and restore everything to Israel. The word waiting there is, is, is better looking or looking out, or we would say expecting, right? Uh, kids get up Christmas morning, and what do they have? They have an expectation of what? They're going to get something. Their expectation is high. Some kids can't even go to sleep at night because they're expecting what they're going to get in the morning. That same anticipation and expectation is what Simeon had. Expectation. You only look for what you're expecting. Uh, if you place an order with Amazon and it's supposed to come Amazon Prime or UPS in two days, right? What are you looking for? Two days. I don't know about you, but I look after one day because just by chance they may slip it in. I've had that happen before. We need to, you know what, friends? We need to be a people of expectation. 
He was expecting the Messiah to come. What are we supposed to be expecting? We're to be expecting the Messiah to come again. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that Simeon woke up with these two words every morning. Perhaps today he'll come. Uh, him and his wife are sitting at the breakfast table, and he reaches over and grabs her hand and squeezes it. And Simeon said, with a twinkle in his eye, perhaps today. You know why he saw Jesus? He was looking for Jesus. If you look for Jesus, you will see Jesus. Yeah, he had this wonderful privilege of seeing him. The Holy Spirit is another characteristic in this verse. It says this. I love this. The Holy Spirit was upon him. How did Luke know that the Holy Spirit was upon him? Because the Holy Spirit was noticeable in his life. You know what? If we have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in us, it ought to be flowing out of us, right? Yeah. Jesus said, out of your belly, which means out of your innermost being, shall flow rivers of living water. And it said, he spoke this about the Spirit. Yeah. So there ought to be something flowing out of our life. It's an indication that there's something been flowing into our life. If nothing's flowing into your life or flowing out of your life, you're going to be like the Dead Sea. You've got to have an outflow, not just an intake. And we've been to the Dead Sea a couple times, and I want to tell you something. I'm here to report it's dead. It was the amazing thing. There were no flies. There were no birds. There were no fishermen on a lake. It was just completely dead because it only had an intake, didn't have an outgo. And we as believers not only need to take in, but we need to give out. If we have the Holy Spirit, there should be something flowing through us. Yeah. Yeah. Touching people around us. Like Peter, right? They said just his shadow did something in people's lives. And you know, may we, when we walk into Walmart or we walk into Starbucks or we walk into Wegmans, may we carry a presence with us that will bless people just by being there. Amen. Just by being there. Yeah. Even under that mask, they can see your eyes and they can see the glow of the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled up with the Holy Spirit, just like Simeon. Now, let me say this. He was an old man, too. They say, legend had it, he was 112 years old. But he was still on fire for Jesus. Old man. That's why Pastor Benny asked me to preach today. <laughs> oh, Simeon would identify with me, right? I want to identify with, with Simeon, man, because I want the Holy Spirit to be all over me. Yeah. And all over you, right? So when you, when you walk into a place, when you start your day, say, Lord, let that river of water flow through me to touch other people. People need Jesus. And you and I are the messengers in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> also, it says in verse 26, he had a revelation from the Spirit that he wasn't going to see death 
until he had seen the Messiah. Verse 27, Mary and Joseph are bringing Jesus in according to the law to what we would consider dedicate him to the Lord. Simeon showed up at that moment, at that moment, at that moment. How did Simeon get there? Verse 27 says, he came by the Spirit. Uh, one translation says he was prompted by the Spirit. The Spirit seemed to have spoken to him and said, Simeon, go to the temple right now. One translation says that he was guided by the Spirit, moved by the Spirit. And you know what? He had the opportunity. Listen. He had the opportunity next to Mary and Joseph to be the first person to hold the Messiah in his arms. What an opportunity, right? And you know, he could have missed that opportunity if he wouldn't have listened to the Holy Spirit, that still, small voice. And, and how many opportunities may we miss if we're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. During World War II, the wireless uh, communication back then, as you know, was the telegraph. And it was through Morse code. And uh, this one company needed a telegraph operator, so they put an advertisement out in the paper, and 10 guys showed up on Saturday morning for interview. And they're sitting in this uh, waiting room, and they're talking, you know, they're kind of bragging on how good they are with Morse code and everything, how fast they were and everything. And all of a sudden, this one guy gets up and shoots into the office. I said, I wonder where he's going. Fifteen minutes later, the boss comes out and tells the other nine guys, you can go home because we got our guy. I said, wait a minute, we weren't even interviewed. You know, what's going on here? And he said, here's the real interview. Here's the real test. I sent a message into that waiting room via Morse code, and here's what it was. The first man in the office gets the job. He was what? Listening. He would have missed that opportunity if he wouldn't have been listening. You see how important it is to listen to the Holy Spirit? Simeon teaches that. Listen to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Let me say this. <clears throat> Even if it's something you don't want to hear, have you ever heard God, have God say something you don't want to hear? And you say, well, what was that, Lord? You know? And we try to skirt around it. But you know what? Here's friends. When God speaks, even if it's something you don't want to hear, it's good for you. It's good for you. It's like my mom when she give us medicine for something. You don't like it, but it's good for you. And God only has good things for us. All right, let's move on. Uh, <clears throat> we're getting to the song now. Actually, it's a prayer. It's like the Old Testament Psalms. Most of them were prayers. And in verse 29, he says this, Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace. This is a part of the song and the prayer. Notice how he saw himself, even as an old man, serving the Lord for many years. He said what? <clears throat> your servant. That's how he viewed himself. Just like Mary, right? Mary said to the angel, 
Behold the maid servant of the Lord. He had that attitude of servanthood. Um, you know, the highest rank that you can go to in the kingdom of God is being a servant. I want to tell you, friends, as Jesus said, the greatest among you is the servant of all. And I want to tell you what, I am amazed. I have served in other churches, and I'm amazed at the greatness in this church because we have a lot of serving people. Guys sitting out there doing sanitation on Sunday morning. You know? Don't you appreciate all of our servants here? Of which some of you are that. Amen. We're blessed. We are blessed. Let's not take it for granted. And if you're not a servant, if you're not involved in this church somewhere, or if you're from somewhere else, get involved. That's where the joy is. That's where the life is. And Simeon, listen, Simeon didn't lose his fire for God because he was still serving God. And he had a mindset of being a servant. I love this next part. Verse 29. Lord, you are letting, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. There is so much in there. Get this point. Don't miss this. Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace now. Here's the point, friends. You're not going until God lets you go. You're not getting on the flight to heaven until the captain says, take off. Lord, it's you, according to your word, that's when we're going home. That's when we're leaving this earth and not before. It's not what the doctor said. It's what God says. Some, I think, here as there was a young lady in our early service, worried that you might die prematurely, that you might go in something, and there's that fear there. I'm here to tell you, you're not going till God gives the word. He's in charge. And then notice, notice this. You can read it later. Notice what he said next. You are letting your servant depart in peace. You know, we as believers don't depart in fear. We depart this life in peace. Because we what? We know where we're going. Yeah, you don't have to worry about death. See, death, friends, is not a destination. It's a doorway into the presence of God. The forever presence of God. We call it heaven but it's the presence of Jesus because heaven is nothing without Jesus. <laughs> so when you step from this life into the next life, you're in a whole new dimension. About 10, de 10 days ago, we had a good friend of ours pass away, pass on. His name is Del. <clears throat> We've known him for 40 years. And uh, his wife uh, sent me a text and said he'd been taken to the hospital. He had a situation. And while he was in there, he had cardiac arrest. Shortly after that, my, uh, my friend, uh, his wife, sent me a text in just two words, code blue. And shortly after that, she sent me a text and said he's gone. But 
be, one minute, one minute before she, he breathed his last, she was able to be with him, took a picture of him laying in the bed, one minute from going home, and he had a big old smile on his face, and his eyes were bright as the sun. You know why? Because he saw Jesus on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get ready to die, friends, it's going to be the same way. We're going to depart this life, not in fear. We're going to depart this life in peace. Yeah. So don't worry about death. Jesus has already conquered, and he's going to be there. All right. Let's move around. Move on. Uh, verse 30. When he looked on Jesus, my eyes have seen your salvation. You know, there's only salvation in one person. There is only deliverance in one person, and that's Jesus. Peter said this in Acts 4, in verse 12. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other, na no other name under heaven given among people by which we must be saved. Jesus is the only one that can save us. And aren't you glad he did? For me, Christmas is a very special time because it was 54 years ago. I was 20. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Now you can figure it out. <laughs> I was 20 years old before I, Jesus came into my life. I was in a barracks room. I knelt down. I didn't know the Lord. Had a little bit of religion. And all I said was, I was so empty, I was so depressed. Everybody has certain times thoughts of suicide. And I said, Lord, there's got to be more to life than this. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's like a light switch went on in the darkness. And my life, you know what it's like, right? You know what it's like. My life changed just like that. I couldn't change my life before, but I'm telling you, Jesus the salvation changed my life. Yeah. You know what? We don't receive a religion. We receive a person. Yeah. Praise the Lord. It's a personal relationship and religion. Amen? Yeah. Enough of religion. And then he said, we're going to finish up with this, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. Friends, this gospel is for everyone. You're watching online? This gospel is for you. This salvation is for you. It's not just for a certain group of people. It's for everybody. And don't we love John 3.16? Don't we love that verse? I mean, we never get tired of saying it. And you probably know it by heart. For what? For God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. And then he finishes up. And he says, his song ends with, A light, that is Jesus, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Israel, that nation, that people brought the Messiah into this world. And that is their glory. Israel, apart from Jesus, has no glory. It's sort of like a light bulb without a filament. It's dead and it's dark. And that describes our life before we come to the Lord, dead and dark.
But when he comes in, the light goes on. Praise the Lord. And everything has changed. John Newton writes, Amazing Grace, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but what? Now I see, yeah, because of Jesus. Somewhere in this service, in my message, in the closing, God has, or he will, drop something into your heart. Maybe he already has. Take that. Don't lose it. Meditate on it. Pray about it. And ask yourself, what do I want to be remembered for? Is the Holy Spirit on me and flowing out of me? Yeah. If not, let me encourage you to get recharged as we charge into the next year. Put yourself on the charger of the baptism with the Holy Spirit and ask him to fill you. Amen? Ask him to fill you and then to flow out of you. Yeah. Now as we close, perhaps there's someone here, maybe there's someone watching online and you've never personally asked Jesus into your life. He's simply a prayer, as I said, a prayer away. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And when he comes in, he changes everything. Let's just bow our heads, and I'm going to pray for you if that is you this morning. Just take this moment. We don't want to leave without someone having that opportunity. If you'd like to receive the Lord into your life, your life be changed. Simply say, Lord, forgive me of everything I've done wrong. I realize I need you, and you're the only one for salvation. I now receive you into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing a chorus.